You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Well, let's do this. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 13 through 21. We can either do that. I, I really was kind of torn today on what we were, what I was going to teach on today. And what I mean by that is I, I, I very much, I was thinking about just starting in in uh, Chronicles, in First Chronicles, and just reading the begats, and just reading in a very monotone way for about an hour, just this was his son, and this was his son, and this was just to see how long you guys could last. That was actually, I was, I was planning on doing that, but I, but I changed my mind. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Do me a favor, before we jump into the word, can we do this? Because you guys understand something. Please, please understand something. We have, we kind of, we at Freedom Church, we basically have like two campuses right now. We have a campus that is sitting in this building, and then we have another campus that is looking down this lens, right? And there are people that are still a part of this community that are not in this building. So can we just take just a moment, go on your phones and tell them hello, say we're so glad you're joining in with us. Can you do that real quick? Can we do that? Thank you. I never want people, listen, it's, it's how the enemy works. The people, when, when you get isolated, come on, how many of you know that? When you're kind of brought back unto yourself, there's that feeling of I'm alone, I'm not connected, but let's kind of break through that and let them know, listen, you're not alone. We are, we're loving you. We're so glad that we get to worship with you. We're so glad we get to get over the word with you today. Oh, man, it's a good day today. Have I told you that lately? It's a good day. I have, Corey? Thank you. Corey's always here to help me out. Let's do this. Let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide me to my very core. It's able to take things in my life that I have set up as truths, even patterns that I've almost self-righteously said, oh yeah, this is right, and then all of a sudden your Holy Spirit comes in and goes, we need to talk about that. That's kind of a self-righteous thing you're doing there. And Father, today as we get over your word, we are fully aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and we are thankful for it. Father, today we ask that your Holy Spirit speak to us. And that means we have to have our ears open and our hearts receptive. So let that be the testimony of this house. Father, we thank you for what your word is going to produce in us. And not just in us, but through us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, I'm going to take us to some felt board stuff today. I figured since we lost an hour, I'm going to be easy on us today. In fact, at the end of this, some, one of you, some of you might even get some cookies out of this. I came prepared to bribe you today. 
right? So I would trust, I would just trust me on this. Just trust me. If I see you nodding off today because of the hour, you're not getting a cookie. That's what I'm saying. So those that are engaged, you just might get a cookie. I'm not, I'm not above uh, uh, bribing uh, people for them to be engaged. I'm not. I'm not. It's, what, it's, it's borderline biblical in this area. All right, well, let's get our Bibles out. Where did I tell you to go? Oh, my goodness, we're struggling already. Literally, that literally, you guys sounded in slow motion when I said that. It, I literally said, where are we guys at? Matthew 4. I'm too tired. I can't finish it. Somebody else tell them the passages. I don't know where we're at. Come on, let's try that again. Where did I tell you to go? Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Let's just start there. Come on, this is a common story that most of us know. This is where Jesus begins to feed the 5,000, does some amazing work with what seemed so very little. So let's look at this real quick. Let's just start there in verse 13. We're going to read through this, and then we're going to just begin to dig out some truths, okay? Everybody all right with that? So it says this, starting in verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot uh, from the towns. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed the sick. Now, verse 15, as evening approached, the disciples came to him, and everybody say, I'm a disciple. The disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. Everybody say, this is a remote place. And it's already getting late. There we go. We're struggling. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And it's already getting late. And then they say, send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves something to eat. Right? This is the response. And I need you to kind of underline that or put a star by that. This was the disciples' response. They were aware. They took stock of the situation. They looked at what they had. They looked at what was going on. And they said, this is our determination of where we are at. It is late. There's a lot of people. They're getting hungry. We need to send them away. Right? This is how they viewed it. And Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Everybody underline that. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. I love this. Verse 17, and their reply. Their reply, we have only what? Five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And then Jesus responds, what? Bring them to me. What I want to deal with today is simply this. I want to deal with what I believe is one of those things that kind of keeps us from moving into, stepping into what God has called us to do. And if you're wondering, let me, let me just help you out. How many of you in here would like to know the will of God for your life? Raise your hand if you would like to know the will of God for your life. Raise your hand. Everybody here? Okay, good. I'm glad you, you showed up at the right place. I'm going to answer that question for you. Would you please go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? I know we are all searching. Boy, I just want to know the will of God for my life. Well, let's just start here. 
It says this starting in verse 17, 2 Corinthians verse 5 through starting in 17, it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and, and gave us, here's the will of God for your life, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning, the purpose of your life, what God's purpose and directive is for your life is to walk in and to walk in or, or walk out the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning, as we saw Christ coming to reconcile us to the Father, he's going to go on to say, he's going to say this in verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to him through Christ not counting people's sins against them, and as he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through John, through Ryan, through Sonia, through Corey, right? Are you seeing this? So we all got to get over that fact of I don't know what the will of God is for my life. The will of God for, for your life starts that as he has given you a task to do to be the ambassador and also to, all, to have, be the person in the vocal, uh, the vocal piece of being the, the appeal to those that do not Christ, do not know Christ, so that they would know him. That is our job, right? But what keeps us now, let's go back to Matthew. So already you've been here, you've been offered a cookie, which that's still on the table. And you've also just found out what the will of God for your life is. This is a big day for you, right? But let's go back to Matthew. Because Matthew, when we see the disciples and we see them taking stock of the situation, they're looking at what they have. They're looking at the surroundings. And we are no different than they are. But what keeps us, follow me on this. What keeps us from stepping into the ministry of reconciliation or to stepping into the will of God that he has for our life is not that we don't know it. It's because human nature, human nature, we are, whether we like it or not, we are so easily, we see lack. It is very easy for me to look at myself, take stock of my situation, just like the disciples did, right? They looked at their surroundings. It's late in the evening. It must have been daylight savings back then, right? They were in the devil's time. The sun had already been down like at 3.30, right? So it was getting late, right? And they were looking at all these people, and they were taking stock of what they had, and what they had to themselves was, this is not enough to complete the task that we see before us. Are you following me on that? And so what happens is, is it's not that we don't know what the task is. What we do is we take stock of what we have and we look at it and we say, well, this is obviously not enough to complete the task that he has set before me. And we're honest with ourselves. We, we, see, we see limited supplies to do a great task, right? 
And what's funny is, is when we, God begins to speak to us and says, this is the way I would have you go. This is what we need to do. What we do is we do the same thing that the disciples say. And we say, what do we say? I, I know that you told us that they don't have to leave. I know that you told us that they don't have to go anywhere, but you might have missed something. Let me bring to you, because I know you must have thought we had all of this stuff. I know you're busy healing people, walking on water, doing miraculous things. You might have missed that we hadn't had a Walmart pickup this week, and we don't have enough supplies to do the task that is sitting in front of us. So let me just remind you, Jesus, here's the lack that we have. And the lack that we have is we only have so many fish and we only have so much bread. So obviously, that once I've presented that to you, you're going to go, oh, I didn't know. You know what? Scratch everything I told you. Scratch the fact that they need to leave and that you give them something to eat. Oh, you know what? My bad. I didn't realize what you didn't have. I'm sorry. I missed that. Send them all away. It's amazing. We actually believe that we can present our lack to God and as if somehow because we look at our lives or we look at our kind of our incompleteness and we look at it and we go, here, Jesus, I, I guess you missed this, that, I, that, I, that I've only been in church for like a month. So there's no way that I have a story to tell or, or maybe you miss it. I mean, I'm not a great speaker or I, I, I'm kind of awkward and I, I don't know how to share my faith, but I, but I know you, but maybe you missed that. So, so if I present that to you, obviously you're going to say, oh yeah, you're right. I, I missed that. I forgot who you were and what you didn't have. Now, now here's the other thing. What's amazing to me and what the enemy does in this when we, as humans, it is just human nature, when we recognize lack in our life, when we recognize that there are things that are lacking in our life, we either do one or two things. We either begin to take the things that we have that are incomplete, they're not enough, we know that they are not enough, and so what we do is we either run and try to make them enough right? We just, if I just get more, if I just get more, then I'll be better. I'll, I'll finally be enough to do what he's called me to do if I just go get more, right? If I just go make more money, if I just go get more degrees, if I just, if I get better standing, if I get better things, I'm just going to pursue, 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 and try to add all these things to me as if that's going to complete the task for him to finally go, now you're enough. Now you're enough. Or, or the flip side is you're going to be like somebody then just, you're going to see the incompleteness in yourself. You're going to see the incompleteness in the tools that you have. You're going to see the incompleteness in what you feel like you have. And what you're going to do is you're just going to go the opposite way. You're just going to be in despair. You're going to just give up. And you're just going to just go, what's the point? What's the point to run for? I'm obviously not enough. I don't know how to take what I've got and make it more. So, so what do I, I'll just, I'll just give up. I won't do anything. And what's funny is, is what, when it looks like somebody that's running, trying to make more of what they have, even though everything they add to themselves just makes them even more incomplete, we actually think that that's, oh, that's just, oh, that's good. They're, they're fighting forward. It's the same thing. 
giving up in despair because I have lack or not recognizing the lack is not enough is the same thing. It is the same work of the enemy. The enemy just finds your personality and says, well, Ryan's wired like this. I'll send him running and maybe Cruz wired like this and I'll just get him trapped in despair. Either one, it's still dealing with the fact that you recognize there's not enough in you. You follow me on this? And amen, and that closes the service. No. <laughs> Great, I'm, I'm just not enough. That's correct. You're not enough. Can I do a really, really stupid analogy to drive this point home? Do you mind? Okay. Ryan, will you help me here? So I had to go to somebody else's cupboard will you get the, to get these ingredients. I want to just build this analogy so you see this. In my life, in my life, I have been given things. I have been given giftings. I have been, there are things that, that God has given me, right? I have some eggs, I have some oil, and I have some flour, okay? And in my life, this is what I have. This is all I have, right? And it's the beginning of something. Are you following me on this? It's the beginning of something, but it is not something, right? And so, so in my mind, I, I, if, I, if I think, well, this isn't enough, I'll, I'll have to go and try to find it. But I'm only able to carry this. So anything that I add, I'm going to have to put something down. So even in the process of me running and trying to add something, I'm still losing something in the process. I'm never going to add something that's going to complete this project to create something. Are you following me on this? So we have this. And so most of us, we either try to do that and add more stuff to it, or we just look at this and say, I don't have enough to make anything. Now I know, listen, I know some of you in here are cooks, and, know, and you could probably make like a meatloaf out of this, okay? Whatever. Whatever. Okay? Don't judge me. I'm sure there are things that you could make with this, and you guys are already writing lists about it, whatever, okay? But to me, this isn't enough. And if I just stay in this place that I am in despair and say, well, this isn't enough. I know you've called me to this ministry of reconciliation, but this is all you've given me. This is all I have. I don't have a stove, right? I don't have anything. I don't have anything else. I have nothing to mix this with. I got nothing. What do you expect with this? What do you expect with what you've given me? This isn't enough to do what you've called me to do. And the reality of it is, right, we'll just, let's just throw, can we just take this chair and put it up here? Thanks, buddy. And the reality of it is, you can just set that down here. Thanks, buddy. The reality of it is, is God is fully aware of what he has given you in your hands to complete a task that what is in your hands is not enough. So what do we do with that? Do we run and try to change something or do we just sit in despair and say, well, I, I really can't cook anything. I, I can't make anything. Well, I love this. I'm glad that you came here because now I get to give you an answer of the dumbest analogy in the world. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12. Listen, I'll be silly for your sake if you get this and it changes your life. 
You know that? Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, says this, Therefore, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Stop right there. There is a race set before you. There is a path and a plan for you. You are not a mistake. God is not up there going, well, I guess if they're here, I'm going to have to find something for them to do. There were works and plans that were set before the foundation of the earth for you to do and for you to accomplish for the namesake of the creator of the universe. In verse 2, it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and what? Perfecter finisher, completer, the one that takes everything that is incomplete and makes it complete. The finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You need to hear what I'm about to say to you. The disciples in that scenario assessed their situation looked and with and they were just giving the facts the facts are it's dark the facts are it is late people are hungry the facts are we don't have enough to feed them and yet you're saying they don't have a goal to go away and we are then presenting back to you i got some eggs i got some oil i got some flour it's not enough as if somehow that's going to get you out of or make him go oh i missed that Jesus then follows up that statement with this. Bring it to me. Bring the things that I have given you that are incomplete. Bring the things that are in you, your strengths, even your struggles. Bring those things to me. I know in your life and in your hands, they don't make enough. They are not enough to, to complete the task. I know that. And so I am asking you to bring them to me. Don't sit in despair and, and complain, I don't have enough, I can't do anything. I'll just go to church and then maybe I'll finally get something. Or maybe somebody will lay hands on me and give me something more. You have exactly. How do I know it? Because Jesus said, I am the author of that which is inside of you. I am the author of the gifts that I have placed in you. And not only am I the author, or the author, I'm not just the starter of it. I'm not the one that knows what I wrote on your heart. I'm the one that will finish it. Meaning when you read the story of the plan of God for your life, it looks jumbled and incomplete. And Jesus says, that's why, because I'm the author and outside of my hands, it cannot be perfected. It cannot be completed. Did you hear what I just said? You will spend the rest of your life trying to perfect that which only Christ can perfect in you. When you try to do it on your own, I'll just be stronger, I'll get more money, I'll get smarter, I'll do this. And Christ is saying, I'm the only one that can perfect that which I authored. The greatest revelation that a person can come to 
is to realize they only have eggs, some oil, and some flour that I don't recommend using because I don't know how old this is. It's what it is. The greatest revelation that we can come to is that, man, when I look at my life, I see incompleteness. I see things that there can't be enough. And then hearing that voice of God saying, bring it to me. Because when he brings it, oh, it's cookie time. When he brings it to me, when, he bring, when, when you bring it to him, all of a sudden, something magical happens. Oh, 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 oh. These are keto, by the way. If anybody's on a diet, and they're also vegan, and they're also uh, no carbs. So he, he says, bring your incompleteness, and I will bless it, because I am the author of this. But when you bring it to me, I take that which looks incomplete and turns it into something that is not only edible, it is something that is miraculous and amazing, and it's got M&Ms. <laughs> I know some of you are like, I think, I think biblically Jesus loves M&M's. I think that's what I, I was so tired. That's all I heard today was that Jesus loves M&M's. That's a doctrinal foundation of Freedom Church. I, I, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about that. But he takes that which is incomplete and he says, it's incomplete, but in my hands I bless it and I turn it in and now it's more than enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough for John, Gretchen. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. Oh, oh, can the little one have one? It's Brent. It's more than enough. Can you have one? You want a cookie? Your dad will eat it. Trust me, your dad will eat it. Right? It's more than enough. It didn't look like anything. It just looked like some ingredients, some half-empty oil, a, a kind of an older bag of flour, and probably six eggs, right? And one of them's cracked, right? But all of a sudden, Jesus says, bring it to me, and it's, it's got M&M's. It's got M&M's. Right? Oh, mama's got to definitely have M&M's, right? There you go. Eric, Arizara, he was already struggling. He was trying to eat these before service. It's more than enough. He takes what we is seeming is lack. John's already eaten it. He's already crushed it. He's literally already crushed it. I love it. John, we were supposed to give those back. It was part of the message, and now we can't do it. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not going to judge you. No, you can eat them. You can eat them. No, but you, it's more than enough. He takes that what looks empty and lacking and says, bring it to me. I know that you want to present this back to me as if that's going to get you out of the plan and the job that I've called you to because you just see lack. But bring it to me. The author and the perfecter of the faith. The author and the perfecter of that which seems incomplete. I am the author and the perfecter and the creator of beautiful cookies with M&Ms that are more than enough for those around me. Did you hear what I just said? Man, we spend a lot of time telling God what we don't have. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad. I'm not asking you to stop telling him what you don't have. One of the greatest revelations of man is to be fully aware of that I am broken. That there are things that are incomplete in me. But the good news is, is that we take those to the author, the creator, 
we take him and we say, take my lack. Take my lack. Bless it. Because you've called me to do something that's seemingly impossible. And would you take it? Because I know in your hands you perfect that which seems incomplete. Father, I want to be somebody that hands out cookies with M&Ms. I want to be somebody that hands out smiles because I am giving. I am walking in that ministry of reconciliation. I am being an ambassador of Christ. I am telling people about the love of God because it is the cookie, the completed cookie that, I've, that you've made out of my incompleteness. Are you hearing me today? Does this make sense to you? I know it's silly. I know it's a silly analogy. But you don't have enough. And he knows it. You don't have enough, and he knows it. But he is the perfecter of those things. Let me pray for us today. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you through simple, silly analogies where we recognize that we are not enough. Father, I just pray, even in our tiredness today, that there is that revelation that just hits us, I'm not enough. I, I feel incomplete, but let that not be something that sends us in despair or chasing down things that will not add to it. Let, us, let that be such a revelation that drives us to be connected to you, that drives us to be connected, to reach out to that is the, that started the good work in me and say, Father, take what I have and complete it for your glory. I thank you for it. Father, thank you for this revelation. Thank you for this day. We honor you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.